This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV. The Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with a zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available reclining lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest for the first show of 2023 is Mary Trump. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, I love her. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com com slash start me up and now please enjoy my conversation with mary trump welcome back to the show mary kimberly this is so exciting we haven't talked in a while it's a new year yes and, and <laughs> perhaps most excitingly uh there's the eights vote for speaker of the house going on so how oh, how could anything be better Holy crap. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I have other things to ask you first that I need to find out first. Um, mm-hmm. But I also just have to say, first of all, you asked me to be on your show on election night, and I just have to quickly tell you, which first of all, thank you, but um, it was so funny because I maintained an optimistic attitude throughout pretty much the last several months you know, mm-hmm. leading up to the election, I was following Simon Rosenberg and Tom Bonier and all the, you know, Christopher Boozy. I figured that they had a better take on the situation than what we were seeing from all of the traditional, mm-hmm. you know, and they and that's true, they were. And yep. so I felt pretty good. And then on election night, I started getting very panicked. And mm-hmm. okay, so right before I had to go on your show, I had a little bit of time and I was watching MSNBC and I watched uh, Marco Rubio win and I watched DeSantis win and this was not at all surprising, but it just killed my spirit. And so mm-hmm. then I go on and I'm, I'm alone with Jennifer Rubin, which first of all, thank you for that opportunity <laughs> to have that like alone time <laughs> with her. But it was so funny because then you came on and you pretty much, I mean, we weren't on air yet, but you were echoing like my, the way I felt. And mm-hmm. thankfully we had a pretty decent outcome that night, but it was like, that was really scary. And I don't like that. And we were talking about on the show how elections used to be exciting and fun. And now it's Mm -hmm. just like stomach churning and horrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's fascists and it's really about saving our democracy. So anyway, I just had to throw that out there. And I again, I wanted to say thank you for having me on because that was super cool. (laughs) It was super cool. And 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 I don't think uh, we can we can afford to have. Uh, these experiences alone no. because they are so fraught. Mm-hmm. I, it's unsustainable. I mean, it, it is unsustainable that every election be the most important yeah. election in our lifetime, that democracy is always on the ballot. Yeah. You know, so I do feel like the midterms were a turning point there. And and I think um, we had every right to be optimistic and quite honestly, 
it was a blue tsunami. Yeah. Yeah. We lost the few seats in the house, but we were supposed to lose 60. Right. You know, and look what's happening because of the very narrow majority uh, majority the Republicans have. Um, yeah. So I, I think that uh, sometimes when, when you're going against the, the tide, uh, everybody else in my orbit was very negative mm-hmm. about the midterms. Um you kind of like I was airing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I really thought that Cheryl Beasley and uh, Val Demings had had real shots. Yeah, and you know they didn't yeah, <laughs> for various yeah. reasons. Yeah. So I think that's like the fact that that we were disappointed about DeSantis mm-hmm. and Rubio suggests that um, we were definitely a little too optimistic. Side of yeah. Things, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, okay. and, and and we know that first of all, the Senate and uh, governorships are not gerrymandered, so mm-hmm. um, you know that's. The, I mean, I, I will say I did hear the argument that when when uh, like let's say Texas or, or even Florida, when a state is dealing with decades or or maybe not decades, but just like years and years and years and years, elections and elections filled with gerrymandering, they yep. start to lose hope. And they yep. don't vote. So even though, you know, in this, say, like in the 2022 elections, um, it, I think it could have happened, right? If, if enough people would mm-hmm. have shown up to vote, I think we could have overcome it. But I think the people are so used to feeling like there's nothing that we can do about it. And so many people stay home. Half the electorate stays home all the time. And I wish that there was some way we could convince them not to because it can be overcome. It just we have to do it in numbers too big to ignore. So, you know. But also, Kimberly, I think it, you you make a really good point, and and it's it's on the one hand people um, who are sort of gerrymandered out of having any rights. Uh, that's true, but it also changes the culture. Yes. Because it makes it seem like mm-hmm. the right wing is in the majority. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know that there are more yeah. of them than there are of us, yeah. and and you know we can't we cannot discount the uh, power, the enormous power of incumbency. Mm-hmm. You know, look what happened in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Stacey Abrams came very, very, very close in 2016, and she got trounced in 2020, or sorry, yeah. 2022. Right. Uh, so, you know, people are lazy. <laughs> I think, oh, the guy's already there. Let's I just know. keep voting for. Him. Okay, well, quickly, I want to ask you, I know you launched uh, the Democracy Defense Fund last year, and I'm mm-hmm. just wondering how that's going. It's great. Um, we we had a really successful, for, we started in April, so we had eight months, mm-hmm. and um, the plan, you know, we're going to consolidate this year, and then uh, in the future, I really want to start... Uh, getting involved in primaries hmm. because, you know, there were a couple of democratic primaries that uh, really went the wrong way. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I'm terrible with names, but uh, mm-hmm. there was a race in Texas mm-hmm. between an incumbent, a, a democratic primary. The incumbent was, it is an anti-choice asshole. <laughs> And his uh, opponent was this very progressive um, Latina woman. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, whom I adore, mm-hmm. said, we always back the incumbent. And I think that's just not, wow. yeah. that doesn't work. Right. Um, and I think uh, as 
awesome as Mandela Barnes is. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that in Wisconsin, voters want somebody yeah. who's endorsed by Bernie Sanders. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. uh, his prime, he had one of his primary opponents would have been better for a general election. You know, so we're going gotcha, to yeah. start doing that, um, hopefully, um, in the run up to 2024. Very cool. But it's something I'm, I'm really proud of. So that's exciting. Keep, keep and, at it. Yes. And then, okay, so I read your Substack, The Good in Us, The Tides, Sometimes They Turn. So mm -hmm. you offer part this, one. Part, part one. two is coming later. Yes, today. part one. Uh, and you offered a fantastic summary of the collective trauma that we've endured during the past six years. You know, COVID yeah. deaths, uh, armed insurrection, basically <laughs> finding out that uh, your uncle stole classified documents. Um, although despite all of that, and also obliterating Roe, despite all of that, we won. And I actually think that killing Roe helped us win, even though I hate yeah. that. Um, and so yeah. then you wrote, which leaves me in a strange place here on the first day of 2023. I'm not merely hoping that next year won't be as scary or awful or demoralizing. I actually believe it's going to be good. And here's one of the reasons why. For the second time in two years, a majority of the American people rose up and snatched democracy from the jaws of autocracy. So yay for that. <laughs> and yeah, we did Hooray. kind of talk about that. But um, I think it's so important to remind people because, as I mentioned initially, uh, the, you know, I focused kind of like an, I had an optimistic focus and I, mm -hmm. I, I did fight with the kind of, I don't want to call it an overwhelming, but I felt with the attitude that you are Democrat, you know, the you are Democrats that are like, just always insisting we're going to lose, always insisting mm -hmm. Democrats are weak. And I kept pointing out, Hey, look, we, we won in 2017. We won in 2018. We won in 2020. I think we're going to have a, a decent showing in 2022. And it's really hard to try to keep up that optimism because you're called the Pollyanna. You, you are, mm -hmm. You're told that you don't understand how things work or haven't you paid attention to what's happened before. And I'm just like, I'm the kind of person that's like, just because something happened before, there's no universal law that says mm -hmm. it's going to happen again. So, you know, we, we can always change what's happening. And so, you know, this, this idea that um, I, I, I'm hoping... That, that voters are finally understanding that, hey, Democrats are actually kicking some ass. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. We're, we don't claim to be perfect. And, you know, there's, there's always more that can be done. Um, but ultimately, do you think, you know, moving into these next two years, because we're always in an election cycle um, now, it's just always constant. Mm -hmm. um, do you think we're going to see more of an, like, more optimism? Do you think because the, the Republican, we're get, first of all, we're going to see crazy, more, cra this is just <laughs> proof, what's happening right now in the House is proof of what they're going to, you know, be doing for the next two years. We can expect more yeah. of this. So do you think that's going to help Democratic optimism? It should. Yes, it should. It really, really <laughs> should. Um, I think that the problem, the sort of underlying problem, is that when Democrats lose, as you suggested, they get really demoralized mm -hmm. and depressed and mm -hmm. think that that's just the way it's always going to be. But when they win, they're relaxed. <laughs> Yeah, right. And that's maybe worse because <laughs> then is. that sets up another loss. Yes. You know, when you win, that's when you start fighting harder. Yes. Because you take that momentum and that energy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the other reason for optimism is that 
you know, uh, I think if if uh, when I, when I was thinking about the piece I wrote and, and the second half of it, which is going to be talking about actual moments mm-hmm. in 2022, um, I was really hard pressed to come up with a lot of good things that happened in 2022. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed in in thinking about the the few big ones is that they weren't just good moments like the nomination and, and confirmation of Ketanji Brown Jackson mm-hmm. or um, the midterms, they, they were turning points. Yes. Um, so that's, that's going to keep, that means that the, the, those things will continue to be operative mm-hmm. this year yeah. and, and going forward. And that's, that's really huge. It is huge. I mean, the the, the bills that they were, uh, unfortunately, we have two, well, we had two senators that were standing in the way of progress, yeah. which they drove me fucking nuts. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, we know this year that we're not going to see huge bills, sweeping bills getting passed because the Republicans are going to be fucking nuts. So, um, mm-hmm. But I think that is that, know, that a technical term? <laughs> yes, it fucking is. Fucking nutso. I love <laughs> fucking it. Fucking um, Yeah, I think that we can look at what 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 was accomplished, and like you said, they were big deals. The legislation that the Democrats were able to pass, despite those two jerks, um, yep. it was incredibly impressive. He he's truly an impressive president, and yep. you know, regardless if you agree with him on is- every issue, blah 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 blah, what he's been able to accomplish in the face of of everything right now with trumpism white supremacy all of it he he's just amazing i i'm so impressed with joe biden and i've said it before you know and i said it on twitter you know a lot of us didn't think he was even going to get the nomination and completely mm-hmm. underestimated i completely underestimated him so he was seventh on my list yeah <laughs> exactly Seriously. i wrote a, i wrote a blog saying why he was not going to be the nominee so i was so angry at him and don't even get me started with bernie sanders like seriously <laughs> you know fucking bernie Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I was gonna say fucking Bernie, but people get angry when oh. you, you diss their saint. And I, I know, just I know. Him. Well, I used to be like a Bernie. I loved Bernie in twenty. I mean, I still you were a Bernie bro. I, I wasn't a bro, <laughs> but I like. I still like what he talks about. And basically, yeah. in what I see is Elizabeth Warren is the person who can get all that shit done. Yep. I think he he can talk about it, but I don't know that he has a strategy to get it done. Strategy. He's accomplished nothing. Yeah. Oh. But she can. So, ac- she has. <laughs> she has. So I yep. I fell for his vision, and yeah. you know, and I didn't know enough at that time to realize. Oh, I don't know that he can actually get those things done, and right. you know, I mean, but and then I, you know, fell for Elizabeth Warren. I compl- I consider myself a Warren Democrat. I think yeah. she's amazing. Me too. And, um, you know, but they have a similar vision. It's just she, she's fucking fierce. So, yep. um, yeah, okay. What was it? Well, I just got completely uh, sidetracked from what I was talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> that's okay because what I'm going to do is segue into uh, now let's go into talking about what's happening in the House. And you tweeted, Democrats fall in love and fall in line, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And this is back to, oh, my God, forever we've heard about Democrats in disarray, and now it's all about Democrats in array and Republicans in disarray, and they're all going crazy. So, I mean, I guess he's – I don't know. While we're talking, has there been an eighth vote? Have you even seen? 
they're in the middle of the eighth vote and <laughs> McCarthy's already lost because uh, Gates, Gates keeps voting for Donald. Oh my God. And um, two of the people who've been voting consistently for Donald's, mm-hmm. the Florida guy, have voted for this person called Hearn. Uh-huh. Like, I don't even know who that is. So they're just, they are just fucking with us mm-hmm. and they're making a mockery of everything. Yeah. And that's um, the bad thing. <laughs> that's the bad part of all of this. Yeah. And, and look, at first it was riveting and, it, mm-hmm. and it's always fun to see Kevin McCarthy humiliated and, <laughs> or humiliated himself, actually. Yes. And it's, I think, very instructive for the American people to mm-hmm. see what the Republican Party is all about mm-hmm. on such obvious display. <laughs> but it's dangerous, yeah. and it's un, it's terrible for this country. And um, it also just shows you what a bunch of arrogant, megalomaniacal, just breathtakingly selfish people they are. Yeah. You know, when especially I was... McCarthy, like what what does he think is going to happen? I know. I mean, what? Yeah, it, it's unbelievable because he, you know, the other night, I think he was exiting the building and somebody asked him about Steve Scalise and he just laughed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where is he getting his confidence? I don't know where his confidence is coming from. Well, I think one, he's a deeply stupid person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I. Uh, you know, the the Dunning-Kroger effect is yeah. a real thing. So to be that stupid and that arrogant, um, we've seen this before, mm-hmm. <laughs> serves serves as a as as a coat of armor. Yeah. You know, coat yeah. of armor? Is that what? Coat so. of arms. Yeah. Coat of armor. Yeah. Suit of armor is Suit what I was trying armor. to say. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm sure he's convinced in his own little mind because what's the alternative? He yeah, feels yeah. this humiliation. Yeah, but like seven times, <laughs> eight. Like eight times. Oh my God, it's just insane. And yeah, I mean, but that you know, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, we can all take some pleasure, and it does feel better to watch them lose, mm-hmm. as opposed to watch them, you know, watch their success in destroying democracy. That's always never fun. But right. uh, it it is further degrading our democracy, and we we've, yep. we've been through so much of it, and. Even though everybody, you know, I don't want to say everybody, but even though a lot of people might say it started with Donald, I think, you know, we can go back to Reagan, but we can also Mm -hmm. go back to, you know, just the Bush years and everything that was Mm -hmm. happening in the Bush years. And I'm talking about W. And, you know, I mean, it was it was happening then. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Donald just came along. He was the wrecking ball and just kicked Mm -hmm. everything. and, And now it's like you said, it's instructive, but then you take it like a, a big panorama look a global look and on the wor- world stage this is incredibly embarrassing and humiliating for us i mean i think i think the only saving grace of that is that most of the people around the world understand that this right wing movement is happening white supremacy movement is happening and they can understand that it's taken hold you know of our government as well as other governments around the globe and, and so I think it's kind of like, you know, when we watch the elections in other countries, when we watch France and all of that, we're biting our nails, too, because we're, we want them to remain a democracy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's the only saving grace is that the, I think they kind of understand that the Republicans in this country do not basically they're not representing 
the majority of of us. So uh, enough <laughs> yeah. of us, but not the majority. So uh, you know, here's here's to hoping that continues. But um, <laughs> it's just it's really kind of scary. Um, okay, so what I wanted to also ask you about: uh, Do you think? Okay, let me see here. Do you think that I'm I'm totally switching gears and moving on to the 2024 election because we you know we know that DeSantis right now is kind of the one that everybody's assuming will be the candidate um mm-hmm. and then th- so then there's breaks down into the arguments of he's weak he doesn't have the charisma mm-hmm. um but then again Republicans march in lops- lockstep so where do you see things going or what are you anticipating for this race because again this is it's already started uh, you know, I mean, we've got a while to go, but do you, do you think it's like a lock-in for DeSantis? Do you think they're going to maybe surprise us with somebody we haven't seen before or somebody like Glenn Youngkin popping in? Where do you see this going for the 2024 election? Um, I think as as Donald weakens, which he is, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Yes, I should. It's <laughs> I hysterical. <will. laughs> um, you know, he he uh, finally comes out and endorses McCarthy after McCarthy's lost mm-hmm. three <laughs> votes in a row, and then McCarthy loses more votes the mm-hmm. next time. I mean, but by, by a larger number, you mm-hmm. know. So, <laughs> so remember when uh, Rudolph Giuliani in <laughs> I don't remember which year it was, maybe the two mm, thousand or election he he spent like six billion dollars yes. to get one electoral vote <laughs> that's sort of what what uh, what it reminds me of now uh, it's about you know what donald's endorsement is worth yeah. uh, nothing so <laughs> um wow i i think we're going to see a, a situation similar maybe to 2016 when hmm. It's like what seventeen people, because they're yes, all yes. they they all know that Donald is weak. Mm-hmm. Um, they should know that DeSantis does not play well outside of Florida. Right, he does not have the ability to be a national candidate. Um, and I'm not saying that the the rest of the you know the uh, Ted Cruz's. Or Marco Rubio's <laughs> fucking Marco Rubio. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying they do either, mm-hmm. but they're all arrogant pricks, yeah. and they think they, they think do. They yeah. think they deserve it. Mm-hmm. So I think we we may well see a situation like that. And what's sort of um beautiful about that is that Donald will destroy all of them in the process. <laughs> he'll destroy the party. He'll destroy them personally. Yes. <laughs> and uh, what we see happening today in the House, um, which is just sort of a microcosm of the future of the Republican Party, we're going to see that play out even wow. more widely. Wow. Um, now, I think, did, didn't Donald just threaten to run independently? I don't. I can't even remember. Oh, now. that's so funny. You know, when remember when he had that big announcement and that we need a superhero. Yes. And it was before we realized <laughs> that he meant a cartoon yes. superhero on a, a, a trading card that I doesn't actually exist in three dimensional space. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
I, one of the things I thought he was going to announce, other than maybe his vice president or whatever, was that he was starting another party or running as an independent. I really thought that the, the, those were possibilities. Um, sadly, we got digital trading cards. Right. But I do think <laughs> if he feels insulted enough, mm-hmm. if he feels threatened and humiliated enough, he would do that. I'm, I swear to God, I think there was an article that I posted about this, and I said, "Go for it." Um, so he, oh, it would be here. It is. So, I mean, you think that we're we're running out of popcorn now? Exactly. Exactly. Please do that. Yes. Okay. This was December thirty first, Huffington Post, and the title of Trump appears to float third party threat if GOP won't back him. So of course that's my fantasy, right? I think yeah. that's a lot of our fantasy because that would absolutely destroy the Republican Party for the twenty twenty four election, and uh, that I, and I always, you know, when I was on your show, I mentioned my MAGA relative, as I like to refer to her, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I always think about her. You know, it's like I think about because she's full. She drinks all the Kool Aid. She buys all the bullshit, and I'm like trying to. I, I won't ask her. I won't call. I never talk to her about politics. Um, sometimes she tries to throw things out. And yeah. I just don't take the bait and, you know, and right. I just move on to something else. But I can't stop thinking about her, especially during, mm-hmm. you know, the house thing. I'm like, d- is she blaming Antifa? I mean, d- yeah. d- does she think that, you know, this is the Democrats' fault? How, how whatever, Laura, I mean, I don't think she says she doesn't watch Fox News. I do know she had, I think it was Newsmax put on her phone. So at least, you know, she's getting <laughs> Newsmax. Um, I, but she claims she doesn't watch Fox, and I kind of believe her. But you know, she well, Newsmax is worse. It's worse. It's worse. And and she listens to. Uh, she used to listen to Rush Limbaugh. I don't know who she listens to anymore. So I don't know wh- exactly. I know she's getting her news th- there, at least on her phone. But I just like wonder how do Republicans who are, you know, she and okay, here's how she thinks. Initially, she was a she supported Ted Cruz. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Who supports Ted Cruz? But she yeah, did, no. and then she hated Donald Trump until he became, I guess, president. I don't. I, there, there was a period of time that she had to acclimate, right? And then she went from hating yeah. him to, oh my God, he's the best best president we've ever had. So now, wow, yeah. how did that leap happen? Yeah, I, I don't know. Absolutely unfathomable to it me. is I, I mean okay but who's gonna like ted cruz like his own kids don't even like him yeah that's and, true but that is what we need to figure out yes because yeah anyway yeah i mean what is it that be, and that's what i try I, you know i try to get in her in that like psychology and but i'm not hearing what she hears because i cannot listen to the right i try to my father always tells me kimberly you have to listen to fox news and it's like i no, you don't i <laughs> I'm going to say Mary Trump said I did it, but, right. uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I get enough from them just from the clips that I see on YouTube or you, not YouTube, Twitter. Laura, you know what they're saying? What do you I need know. to subject yourself exactly. to that? Exactly. Insanity for, for it's extremely upsetting. I can't even take it, but it's like, I think, you know, maybe that could be the window. I don't know into how someone goes from, I hate him into he's the best president we've ever had. I, I don't know how that happens. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, and and I, again, in the in future, it, it's not, it isn't Republican candidates and a, a Republican elected officials we need to worry about. It's the people who vote for them. Vote for them. We, we need to figure that disease out. And I just want to say something really quickly that 
everything I said earlier about, you know, the lead up to 2024, I forgot a major caveat. Um, and it it is whether or not Donald is in a position to threaten right. them. Right. You know, because he has the base. Yeah. He may have the base if he's in a federal prison, mm -hmm. for all we know, mm -hmm. or under house arrest, which is more likely mm -hmm. uh, in Bedminster or Mar-a-Lago, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he, one of the things that didn't really get discussed much, uh, which I find weird, even though he directly threatened DeSantis mm -hmm. with uncovering or revealing dirt he had about yeah. them, him is as, as the man, uh, you know, as the most powerful person on the planet for four years, sin for which America will never recover. <laughs> Uh, from which we will never recover. Mm -hmm. He had the power to get all sorts of information yeah. about his political enemies. Mm -hmm. Do we really think he, that's beneath him? Right. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Oh, my God. This is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. All right. You know what? We have to take a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Oh, hey, it's Kimberly. You know, I do two What's Up shows for patrons only twice a week. I talk about whatever. You wouldn't even believe it. The stuff that I get into over there is so crazy. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up and you'll see all the tears. Sign up and be my patron. And I swear to God, I'll be your best friend. Okay, we're back. Okay, now that leads me to now you mentioned you know, him uh, being incarcerated or at least house arrest. So I ask this, I've been asking everybody this, and here we are, we're in 2023. My prediction has been that if there's going to be indictments, which I believe there will be, they will happen in 2023. I would guess within the first three months, but I'm like, where are they already? It's, it's like, come on. Um, and so we've got Jack Smith, we've got all these investigations, and, you know, there's, of course the democratic ears who are like convinced nothing will ever happen. I mm. think there's going to be, and this is what I want to know from you. My guess here is that yes, we will see indictments and I think it's just going to be a mix of being satisfied and being disappointed. And I think we'll mm. probably be disappointed in whatever sentencing, if he is prosecuted, because it's likely just, it's just going to be one judge figuring out what's going to happen. One person is going to figure this out and we don't even know who that's going to be yet. So right. how do you feel about Jack Smith? Where are you in this whole, you know, Garland, Donald indictment, Jack Smith thing? Yeah, first of all, I, I completely agree with you. There will be indictments. They will be within the next three months. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe that as well as because there has to be. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. You know, we, it, this not, this is not, a sustainable situation um so if if there's a rule of law it we better start acting mm -hmm. like it. uh mm -hmm. as for jack smith you know, it's very funny when i found out that merrick garland uh for whom I, I i don't respect him and i don't trust him at all hmm. when i found out that he had uh decided to appoint a special counsel i was very very angry Actually, though, that's one of my important turning points of 2022, mm. because since I don't trust Merrick Garland and I don't think he's effective and I don't think he has the guts required to do what needs to be done, we are very lucky that he appointed a special counsel 
and that it's somebody like Jack Smith. So I think that's a really good development. Uh, I don't think Jack Smith will do anything other than look at the facts in front of him and make a decision according to law. What is it about Merrick Merrick Garland that you don't trust? Well, I I mean, Robert Mueller handed him a roadmap uh, to indict Donald for, what, 10 counts of obstruction of justice? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. There were all other, all sorts of other potential crimes, and almost every single one of them has reached or passed its statute of limitations. Wow. So, yeah. What? Why? Yeah. I mean that that to me shows that he's not a serious person, or that he's uh, in his in his desire to be apolitical. He's making incredibly political decisions yeah. he's just making them for the wrong side right. of things right. right and the fact that it took him so long to start an investigation it's just why wasn't jack smith appointed within the first six months of 2021 mm-hmm. or 20 what year yeah. was it 2021 20, 20, it was so long ago <laughs> oh my god it was two years yeah. ago yeah two i hate forgetting that even mm-hmm. though dean abadala reminds me like every day on twitter <laughs> how long it's been I, so yeah i just i think um he got he just got the um he got the instructions wrong hmm. his job yeah. was to restore faith in the justice department and you don't do that by inaction that emboldens the side of the traitors. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and I mean, I think now as far we're going to see Donald indictments, but then do you expect to see? I mean, I would assume you would expect to see people like, um, you know, people up in I call it Trumpco, you know, in mm-hmm. Trumpco world. Whether it's mm-hmm. Jared or um, Roger Stone, people like that, are you expecting indictments for people like them? Yeah, I, I don't know about Jared, but I would certainly for people like Eastman and She's Bro yeah, and right. uh, the, the lawyers, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the D list lawyers, right? Um, hmm. Whom I try not to think about, uh, <laughs> but you know, we also have. <laughs> Much to expect, I think, from the uh, Dominion voting machine suit. Um, you know, they'll be potentially be held accountable in other ways. Yeah, I think the the much more serious issue is the people who likely won't be indicted, and mm-hmm. they are the people right now mm-hmm. sitting in the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. proving once again that they hate democracy Mm -hmm. and are simply there to burn it all down. Yeah. Uh, The fact that, that our systems are so weak that they cannot police themselves Mm -hmm. is, is a deeply troubling thought. And, you know, we have in the Senate, eight people, in the House of Representatives, a hundred and something people. I don't remember which ones didn't get reelected, but over a hundred and twenty people who are well, we can't say running our government because our government right. is running right now, <laughs> but who are in a position yeah. of power in our gov- in the government they tried to destroy. Yeah. What how do we how does that work? Yeah, this is just 
I mean, God, I, I don't know. I've heard, you know, I had uh, Jared Yates Sexton on my show last year, and mm-hmm. he's usually, like, just kind of filled with doom. Um, but <laughs> only only because he is just explaining what's happening with, you know, fascists and stuff like that. So it's like he sees mm-hmm. the writing on the wall, and it's kind of depressing to listen to him. Um, and yeah. it's funny because I didn't have him on for a while, just especially during, you know, leading up to the election, because I was afraid that I, you know, I hate to say for lack of a better word, his truth bombs would just be too depressing. And mm-hmm. and so it's funny because when I had him on after the election, he was actually more optimistic than I've ever heard him and said, I'm mm-hmm. in an optimistic position. And so, mm-hmm. like, in the bigger picture here, uh, do you think that we have... Uh, how can I say this? I mean, I, I think, you know, there's there's the political part of things, and then there's just... I remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg said something about, you know, the pendulum always swings from one side to the other. And that's mm-hmm. not just in politics, because it's, you know, it's like this whole cultural thing. And I'm wondering if you think we are at a point right now where it's swinging in the other direction, because we have been for so many years, including the Bush. I mean, we had some good years with Obama, but then that's when the Tea Party came in. We had the Bush years, then we had the crazy Tea Party situation, and then that launched right into Trump. That's not, you know, let's not forget all the good that was in there, but there was a lot of dark shit, and it it was taking over our culture, too. And so do you think that culturally speaking, which includes politics, do you think that pendulum is swinging or in in a positive way going in the opposite direction? And that's just like a feeling. Are you feeling that? You know, this is this is the problem with that with Ginsburg's statement. It isn't true that the pendulum very often swings to the right like all the way to fascism like mm-hmm. that's where the right is right now mm-hmm. and that's where the the pendulum was mm-hmm. for two to four years yeah it does swing back towards the left but it never really gets much farther than center left yeah you're right the pendulum has never swung all the way to the progressive end of things mm-hmm. ever <laughs> so that crazy. needs to happen but in order for that to happen the Democrats as a whole really need to start seeing what is happening in this country in terms of fascism versus democracy. Mm -hmm. And I I think a couple of things give me hope about that. Um, And unfortunately, you know, as is often the case, it's in reaction to terrible things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm The Supreme Court overreach, like, forced even somebody like Joe Biden to maybe realize that his that stupid, useless Supreme Court commission <laughs> he put together was not going to cut it. Yeah, that that what's required is real deep reform. Mm-hmm. That the behavior of the insurrectionists and the continuation of the big lie and the fact that the insurrectionists and everybody surrounding them was starting to normalize what happened on January 6th, made even Joe Biden start to use the F word. Mm -hmm. Although he said semi-fascism and he only applied it to a certain wing of the party, but still Mm -hmm. that's more than a lot in the mainstream media did, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think we are seeing, you know, one of the other really important things about what's happening in the house right now is that we are seeing a united democratic Mm -hmm. caucus Mm -hmm. 
as um, I can never remember her name, but the the representative from Massachusetts who who um, nominated Hakeem Jeffries today, she said it every, seven times. <laughs> 212, right. 212. <laughs> the Democrats are the Democrats are the most diverse coalition mm-hmm. probably in human history. Diverse in ideologically, racially, mm-hmm. ethnically, religiously, etc. Yeah. And they are hanging together. The the Republicans are like a friggin' monolith. Mm-hmm. There's nothing diverse about the. I mean, maybe some are more. Nazis than others, but <laughs> right. there's no diversity in the Republican Party, and they can't even use their majority to elect the Speaker of the House. Yeah. So, I, I think that all bodes well for for pushing things to a place which, by the way, most Americans want it to be. Most yes. Americans want gun safety. They want you know free health care, high quality health care, child care. They want women not to be second-class citizens. They want everybody to be able to vote, and on and on and on. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's ever happened, but I think we're in a better position now than we've ever been in order for it to happen. That is a really good point. Um, okay. There's a couple more things I want to ask you. So the let's see, what do I want to do? Like I want to ask you the fun question, but I'm going to save that. So, um, okay, I will ask you about Elon. I don't like you say, Elon Musk. You say as if this hasn't been fun. Come on. <laughs> well, it's a more fun question. It's because okay. it's about your animals, and I love animals. But, uh-huh. um, okay. but I'm going to save that save that one um, because I have to talk about Elon just for a second. First of all, today he he fucking tweeted out Kevin McCarthy should be speaker. Oh my god, I hate him so much. So um, you know, oh that's so weird because uh, wow, I wonder I wonder like what what his politics are because the New York Times can't seem to figure that out. I know, huh. I know. I know it's he's so, so weird. grotesque. So he's cool. grotesque. It's so and so is the New York Times. <laughs> so I mean, okay, with Twitter now. First of all, you've got like 1.6 million followers on Twitter, and I'm pretty sure you don't give a shit about that. Um, you know, some, I mean, I'm, I, maybe, you know, maybe you give a little bit of a shit, uh, because it, it is your voice and it's your platform and obviously your, your personality and your efforts and all, everything that is you, that's why you have 1.6 million followers. Now I have 80 some thousand. I'm just like the, the mid range kind of Twitter, I don't even know, influencer. Um, and, and the fact that this is happening like i went to i went to twitter analytics right because i'm the social media manager now for msw media i don't know if you know that allison gill sure. um that's awesome so yes thank you so now i'm i'm, I'm getting into anal like the, all the analytics right so mm-hmm. i went to my own because i'd never done it before and i i could see where you know i i reach x you know million people per month and mm-hmm. you know certain amount of followers per month so my i'd say for the entire year it was anywhere between in, in any given month i would get 200 to a thousand new followers but mm-hmm. the month of october um which wasn't that was we, did elon come in in november he came in was it right at the end of october i think that's when he came in as ceo but it was october I, I was at a loss of like a hundred and some uh, followers, which mm-hmm. I, that hasn't happened. So anyway, my whole point here is that, you know, here I am like this mid-level social media influencer. Uh, I had been, I had 
built this huge Facebook page. It got killed off in 2018, right. long story. And now here, you know, Twitter, I have dumped my heart and soul into, you know, creating my Twitter platform. And mm -hmm. I've met amazing people like you. And, and because of my Twitter platform, I'm able to get people like you and really cool people on my podcast. And so mm -hmm. now it's like I can see the numbers are going down. My reach is going down. And mm -hmm. I'm not really going to be able to rely on Twitter much longer as long as if Elon is still in charge and everything. And so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm wondering, I think that this gives us an opportunity. It's depressing for me, but still, and I just don't know what you think about this, but it's like, maybe there is this opportunity because our social media, just like our country has had lots and lots of flaws. And mm -hmm. now, you know, we see Christopher Boozy's coming up. We've got post, we've got all these, you know, alternatives that are popping up. Do you think, I know this is an opportunity, but do you think we're going to jump on this opportunity to have better social media in this country um, where we're not allowing Russian disinformation? It, it won't be owned by foreign adversaries and things like that. Do you, I, again, I know this is an opportunity, but do you think we're going to make the best of this opportunity? It, it blows my mind that social media are regulated. It, it's, yes. It, it's... It's absurd to me. Yeah, I mean, will we? We can't. We're we don't have the power to do that. Uh, the, I would like to think that Congress, once it's functioning, is going to look long and hard. At least yeah. the Senate can do this. Like, mm -hmm. why? Why is Russian disinformation allowed? Yeah. Why is a social media platform allowed to be privatized by a maniac who tried everything in his power to? sway an election uh why is it allowed for actual nazis mm -hmm. and you know w the most vile racists and white supremacists and anti-semites to be um totally defiling the public square mm -hmm. it, it's just i don't understand why that's even a thing yeah. that's allowed to happen um but I mean, I guess what I'd say is, as far as oper other opportunities, like there is no other Twitter, and people are like, well, you know, we there, we lived without a Twitter, but you know mm. what, Twitter changed like, a lot. It really did. Twitter, there will be a huge loss mm -hmm. if we if Twitter goes away or goes the way of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 4chan or 8chan yeah. or whatever, they, whatever chan. Whatever chan. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think. I mean, I'm not leaving. I'm not. I think it's a mistake to seed ground. Yeah. It is problematic that uh, you know. I think our posts definitely get suppressed. I don't have nearly the reach. But um, what I will say is, I lost thirty thousand followers. Wow. Um, I have gotten almost all of them back. Hmm. So that's a good sign. That is I good. think. Yeah. I you know what it, it does matter to me because um, I'm proud of it and. I, you deserve it. I mean, I know a little, I don't know about that, but you but I, I try <laughs> to, you know, put out content that's useful to people or that's funny or whatever. Yeah. And um, more than anything, though, it's the community we've built. Yes. God, that exists outside exactly. of, of the, the scum. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, it's harder now, but I had I had a very heavily curated thread. I only follow people uh i respect generally i mean i'm you know maybe i've missed a couple here or there but um you know maybe i accidentally follow 
a couple of assholes here and there, but <laughs> my thread is full of, of like-minded people who yeah. are pro-democracy and anti-fascist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, I think the biggest change I've seen personally is I've gone from maybe getting 2% negative comments to like 50. Mm, <laughs> and so yeah. that's kind of a drag. Yeah. But I still have my community. I mean, right. I, <laughs> you know, the 2016 election was, was kind of a watershed for me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I could not participate on Twitter until the book came out. And I was, you know, I was, I was isolated before COVID made it fashionable. <laughs> um, so, you know, once I was able to be on Twitter actively, yeah. like I, like ninety percent of people I now consider friends, I met on friggin' yes. Twitter. I know. I and that, I mean, you know, it's so funny because last October. Jody Hamilton, I don't, do you know Amanda Wiss? She was in Better Off Dead and, and, um, you'd know her if you saw her. She's the blonde. She was Bradley's girlfriend in, in, uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. And so, you know, Bob does, you know, Jody Hamilton. Uh, you of know, course. Goth, the goth my, my fellow goth ninja? Yeah. Of course I know Jody Hamilton. And I mean, obviously, I Bob. Love, I love Jody. Yes. And, and obviously, Bob knew her. And then it was funny yes. because I had Jody on my show, and then Amanda, she's like, "You need to have Amanda on. I think you're going to love Amanda." And then I, of course, I love Amanda. And I guess Jody had said to Amanda, "Hey, do you want to go visit Bob and Kim, Kimberly? I should say Kim. I don't know why." I just oh, said I saw Kim. the pictures. Yeah, and it was like yeah. it was so funny. And I've already told this story, but but it's just funny to me because I okay, I met Amanda on my podcast. But it was through Twitter, and it was through Jody, yeah. which was all through Twitter, and so, and then it was so funny because when they were here, Bob and I just figured that they had something to do, and they were going to come over here and have dinner. No, they just came to see us, and it's like yeah, tw- Twitter wow. is a place. I mean, I met Bob on social media, <laughs> so I met him on Facebook, not Twitter. But still, I mean, th- yeah, this social media, uh, there's a lot of flaws, but it, there is a community here, and. It's it, it's going to be difficult if we have if if it's lost. And I mean, I know there are going to be other social media sites where we can all go. And I don't know if you know too much about Chris Boozy, but if there's going to be a Twitter number two, he's going to create it. I would I don't know that it'll be just like what we're used to, but I'll bet you he's going to get our get us closer than anyone else. That's just my guess. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, he was right about the midterm, so I'm I'm willing to to give him that benefit of the doubt as well. And the other thing that's very important, and and again, I'm not going anywhere, uh, because even if, you know, Twitter 2.0 is invented by somebody like Chris Boozy or somebody else, it's going to take quite a while (laughs) for it to reach critical mass. Um, Think about, well, I mean, you know this, we both are are in this, this boat. In turn, like people depend for their livelihoods mm-hmm. on their ability to promote yes. things on Twitter. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, that's yes. huge. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely enorm- an enormous potential loss mm-hmm. if we just give up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, losing my Facebook page was devastating to me. I lost my income because I was a blogger. I lost all the pages mm-hmm. where I could go post those blogs. I mean, Facebook mm-hmm. wasn't paying me, but I was making money be- because we were posting on Facebook. And so, yeah. you know, and it's funny because, yeah, nobody's bi- bitching about Mark Zuckerberg right now <laughs> because we're all hating right. on Elon. <laughs> but we shouldn't forget that Mark Zuckerberg is a fucking asshole, too. So um, yeah. he allows Russian <laughs> disinformation, and we, we can't forget that. 
And, you know, there is this new site that I've talked about. I don't even know what's happening. So I'll, I'm just saying this out to the people who I know have followed me and I've been teasing this new site. I don't know much about it. So don't ask me it when I know. I'll tell you. But uh, the last thing that I do want to ask you, though, is how are your pets? <laughs> they are awesome. Um, Cap, my kitten, whom I got for Christmas in 2021, is no longer a kitten. Yes. And she's quite a hefty little thing now. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I mean, she's still adorable, but wow, I'm not sure what happened. Aww. Uh, Lyndon is doing Lyndon. very well um, after he had you know major surgery last year. Yeah. Um, he's totally on the mend. He's Good. still grumpy, but that's <laughs> that's just who he is. Sebastian is is awesome. The you know the problem with Sebastian is that he got into the habit of plucking his feathers. So you Aww. know really worried about that. Aww. But apparently there's really nothing you can do. Really? So I'm trying to keep on top of it, but. Yeah. You know, I think he's, he seems okay, but it's just, it's just a, a bad habit now. Yeah. So just trying to keep him busy. And Nemo, my rescue leopard gecko, uh, <laughs> went from having, she had like this massive cyst above her eye oh. over the summer. Wow. And I don't know how old she is. Um, you know, so I just, and, and she didn't eat. She did not eat for four months. Oh so I'm God. just thinking, okay, she's like she's in hospice. And yeah. like, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? And she's completely recovered. She's completely oh, healed herself. I had to start the worm farm again. <laughs> so she's been eating like 20 to 30 worms a day. Wow. Which, which I grow for her. Wow. And my little beetle tank. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, I think, um, I think she's immortal. Marry the worm farmer. I, I think Nemo is the superhero. Oh, <laughs> I animals are just you know. Bob and I went over to his uh, brother's house for Christmas, and he's got a it's it's a a miniature I guess labradoodle, but it's not like a toy or that. It's like a mid sized dog. It's not a big mm-hmm. dog. I that dog. I I love all animals. You know, when I say I'm a cat person, I'm a cat person because cats are just easier <laughs> to take care of. Um, but I I love all of them. If I were to have a dog, I want that one. And her Mm. name is Sienna. She's the cutest, sweetest little dog. I don't have We don't have any animals right now. So I have to just enjoy vicariously through my guests. And then also when I visit, you know, anybody who has animals, (laughs) I'm just like beeline to the animal. I don't care about the people. Just let me spend time with the animal. And that makes me happy. (laughs) You guys need a kitten though. We do. I know we do. We're just trying to figure out our living situation right now. And right. I'm really, you might move. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm not exactly sure what's happening, but um, I'm not like too... lo- location or like apartment. Just like apartment. We're we're okay. thinking in terms like one of the things that they do here is, and I don't know if they do this everywhere, but they've turned off our ability to put on the air conditioning. We can only turn on our heat, <laughs> and because I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of anything either. And I'm fucking older, and I get hot, and I you know I have hot flashes. And so it's like, I, I just run hot anyway. And we live yeah. on the third floor. And so, and we don't have a cross breeze. So right now it's like 70 degrees. It was supposed to go up even higher, although thankfully it's not getting there. But it can literally get up to like 80 degrees in our apartment in, in January. And so, and then the jerks who live underneath me, they smoke and they burn incense. 
Gosh. And it just comes up into my office, and uh, and I get Ugh. so angry. <laughs> and and then I so it's awful. like I have to close the window. Then I'm really hot. Oh, it's just a mess. So yeah, we're not sure. There's pros and cons of living here, but I I believe we are not alone with this whole issue with the heat. And who's going to turn the air on when it's 40 degrees? Nobody. But you yeah. know, with crazy weather. It's 40 degrees one day and 70 degrees the next, so I don't know. I just, we'll see what happens. But, I, yeah, I think we're, we're considering a possible move this summer. Not sure what we're going to do. But that would also determine if we get a kitten, which I want. And I want two. Right. I want two kittens. Because yeah, yeah, you have to get two. You have to get two. All right, so before I let you go, this was that, that was not my last question. I lied. This is my last question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do we have to be hopeful? I mean, we did talk about a lot of this, but what do we have to be hopeful for? Uh, that I truly believe that um, between the midterms and the debacle in the House right now and, and the Republicans revealing themselves to be who they are in a way that's impossible to ignore, um, that democracy is going to get stronger hmm. from here on in. Um and again, the, the Democrats being so united, yeah, and picking up that one seat in the in the Senate yes. also matters enormously. Yes. It should give all of us the motivation we may need, maybe needed, because who mm. isn't fucking exhausted? I'm so I tired. I Me too. It's been so stressful, and it's not two and a half years; it's six and a half years. Yeah. Um. So. This should be all the motivation we need to stay to stay in the fight, and and it is something we need to be doing this every single day. There's mm -hmm. no taking a break. It's 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 a relay race, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you need to tap out or hand off the baton, do that. Take a break. But we we collectively yes. can't be like, oh, cool, we won the midterms, we did yeah. better than we thought we were going to do. Well, we'll see you in 2024. No, no, this is not how it works. <laughs> this is, you know, that attitude or the the the, ap the Republicans is the absolute opposite, mm -hmm. which is why Dobbs was overturned, yes. which is why there's a 6-3 supermajority on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. You know, we we need to have that same kind of mentality with the understanding that what we're, what we're fighting for is uh, for everybody in this country to be equal and have the same rights and to have better lives. And that, that should, uh, that should be a lot of motivation. And I, th I think you're right. I mean, and I'm feeling that way, everything that we're seeing, even though it's humiliating and embarrassing and all of that, it's definitely, I think it's going to charge up a lot of us and make us feel, you know, I mean, it kind of, was like, you know, if you try to lose weight the first couple of weeks, you don't see anything and right. it's really hard. But then one day you put on your pants and they're a little loose and all of a sudden you're like, yep. I want to go work out. So it's like, I yep. just hope that this is like the shot that we needed, the shot of enthusiasm, optimism that we need. And I think we're going to do it. So as long as you're still on Twitter, as long as you're still writing the good, the good things about, you know, our, our world, our country, if we're all just going to keep this community going, I think we can do it. I really do. Yeah. So I do too. Yay. All right. Well, before I let you go, tell everybody where to find you. I am on Twitter at Mary L. Trump. And uh, my Substack is called The Good in Us. Substack is it's a newsletter on Substack. It's yeah. called The Good in Us. And my show is um, 
on the Politicon YouTube channel. Uh, it's called the Mary Trump Show, so <laughs> fairly easy to find that. And, and I'm sure I think that's, that's all of my places. Yes, I mean, because I'm not really on Facebook. No but you're huge and everyone knows you. So just in case you didn't know any of those things. And of course, I'm on Twitter, Author Kimberly. I'm also on post at Author Kimberly, L-E-Y at the end of my name. My books are on Amazon. Thank you so much for returning to the show, Mary. Oh, thanks for having me. And thank you for everything you do, Kimberly. Oh, you're thank, awesome. Thank you. Big hugs. You too. Bye-bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.